Hey folks, Dave DeBow back at you. And today we've got a special guest zooming in all the way from, I believe, Windsor. Is that right, Anita? Am I getting Durham. it right? Durham. Durham. So I apologize. Big mistake. I'm in BC, so forgive me. <laughs> from Durham, Ontario. And here's what's really interesting about Anita. Anita is one of those smart, 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 I'm pretty sure A students that went to school for a long time, became a chiropractor, an acupuncturist. And then at some point got sparked into real estate investing and tossed nine years worth of training and education aside to focus on real estate and investing and being a realtor and all sorts of other great things. And she hasn't looked back. And today I'm very excited to talk with Anita about a number of things, but specifically around her strategy of densification. So She's really, really focusing on because, especially because she's investing in Ontario and getting the most bang for the buck for her and her partners. And, and that is all about densification. So turning a single family home into a duplex, turning duplexes into three rental units. So we're going to hopefully dig into that and find out all about how she does that. So enough of me blathering. Anita, welcome. Thanks so much for having me, Dave. All right. So tell us a little bit about the backstory, because I'm curious, you know, you, you spend a lot of time in school. Sounds like you probably had a very good profession going on. Yeah. You kind of put it aside. Tell, tell us a little bit about how that all happened. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I am somebody who enjoys learning and enjoys school. So it wasn't uh, too tough for me to to go through those nine years. Uh, tough academically, but not tough uh, mental health wise, I guess. You enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed it for sure. Yeah. Um, enjoyed helping people um, and, and the job that I did. Uh, and that's why I'm doing what I'm doing now as well. But it, my husband and I both had great jobs. We made good incomes, but still didn't see how we'd retire, or have the freedoms we wanted as quick as we wanted. We mm. knew other people were getting there faster or in different ways. So we just started doing research, listening to podcasts when podcasts were just starting to be a new thing and reading books and trying to figure out what everyone else was doing. Um, met a few people doing similar things, joined a bunch of networking groups, asked lots of questions um, and went on a couple property tours with a realtor. By our second one, we bought a property and then we proceeded to buy five properties in our first year and also have yeah. our first kids. So um, <laughs> we, we got the bug. It was, quick. <laughs> that was a busy year. What year was that? Uh, that was 2013-2014. Yeah, very, very nice. So five properties right off the get-go, I guess, because you both had good jobs, good professions, you self-financed, you easily qualified for all of those, especially back at those times, it wasn't wasn't as, as tough as it is now to get qualifying for financing. Yeah, it was it was it was easier for us for sure. And and we did also we had a new built home that we lived in 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 Etobicoke, which we had sold. And we had a couple of condos that we had owned from before we were married and things like that. So we did offload um, two and a half condos and, and a home um, in the West End to buy five in the East End. And of those five, two were duplexes and three we converted to duplexes. Wow. In our first okay. Year. Well, that's a, that's a pretty good swap out. If you ask me, that's, that's fantastic. And equity wise and, and net worth wise, it was a good change. Yeah. Yeah. So there, okay. So that's 2013, 2014. Fast forward a little bit. At what point did you decide to just kind of go all in with real estate? 
Um, my husband and I both got our licenses in real estate just because in case you haven't noticed, I'm a little bit of a nerd. I really like to learn about stuff. So we really got our licenses just to learn more and be on top of the game. Um, and the realtor we had been working with approached us about maybe semi-retiring and would either of us be interested. So, um, I just saw it as a really neat opportunity to help people in a different way. Um, and my husband has now since left his corporate job and joined me to do the same as well. Okay. And it was just a really unique opportunity to continue to help people and literally change their lives as it well, did. Plus have the, have the inside scoop, right? There's advantages right. to being a realtor. You get the behind the scenes look at MLS before anybody else does. Yep. Uh, you get to kind of really dig around, see what everything's all about. Plus, hey, you know what? Like you say, you like helping people. This ties in nicely with the real estate passion. And it it allows you to just be 24-7 immersed in real estate. Absolutely. Yeah. So did both of you kind of jump ship at the same time and get into being a realtor or was it a transition for you? No, I, I I went into it 2017 and my husband was a year and a half ago only. So, okay. Yeah. Very, very good. Well, probably try and circle back to that because I'm just always curious about how couples are able to live together, work together and still... St- like each other. So <laughs> Good question. Always, yeah. <laughs> okay. So you start off with the five properties, all became duplexes. Have you built up the portfolio since then even more, or have you just kind of concentrated on hunkering down with those properties? We've, we've made a few changes here and there. We've divested, we've invested a little more. So we're sitting at eight duplexes right now with having sold some and acquired others. Um, We don't buy turnkey ever anymore. We find the value add of changing the use to be the biggest thing. Um, And, you know, we, we do toy. I know a lot of people are constantly growing bigger and doing more, but we've always qualified on our own, all our own capital. So Mm -hmm. um, we don't have any partnerships to split the the proceeds with. So we're sort of in a position where do we just reposition what we have? Um, Do we shift the portfolio in any way? Do we continue to acquire? Because I think this market's opening up some new opportunities with the way prices are going. So we're, we're a little all over the place right now for what we're going to do yeah. going forward and retirement's not far around the corner either. So nice, yeah. nice, nice, nice. So maybe walk us through big picture, your philosophy, theory, ideas around densification. Mm-hmm. Sounds like early on, you kind of clued in that single family homes are okay, but two on the same property make a lot more sense. Three even make more sense. So kind of take take us down that path, Anita. Absolutely. So as we intensify, the, the price per unit is is less. Um, and ultimately, the rents are still pretty reasonable. So as far as the cost of the property and the rent is concerned, that ratio is a lot better the more you intensify a property. We always want to keep in mind what type of intensification we do and what type of tenant profile we're attracting as far as worrying about vacancies, damage. Yeah. Um, we think about locations as well, where we're going to hold our values as much as we can and, and develop that most net worth. Everyone's going to have a different goal, whether it's cash flow today, net worth tomorrow, a combination of the two. So for us, it was always more for the future. It was more of a net worth play um, because we don't eat from our properties. You know, we reinvest into the portfolio. It, it's all held together. But the intensification just allows you to maximize your returns, your your net worth growth and your cash flow both. We know, you know, single family homes, unless they're student rentals, weren't cash flowing already a long time ago in primary markets anyways. Yeah. And then um, the two units we're working and even that's hard to cash flow now, depending on the market that you're in and, and what's required with, there. With so, interest rates and everything the way they are, prices of properties. Yeah. 
Definitely. Exactly. And, and rents have continued to grow, but at a point they do start to stall because the reality is, is everyone's feeling the same hit of inflation, owners mm. and renters the same. And at the end of the day, maybe somebody's willing to pay a certain amount, but doesn't mean they can afford to pay a certain amount. Mm. So we run into new troubles there. Um, and yeah, because they, they start off, they can pay for a few months and then they can't. And then in Ontario, it's very hard to get rid of them. That's it. And that's the issue. Um, and, mm. and knock on wood, uh, 10 years, eight properties. So 16 units, we've had one eviction ever. So, I mean, we're, we're happy with our screening process and the success we've had, but this is our hard uh, earned investment. So we oh, take definitely. it pretty seriously. So yeah. now the third units with bill 23 coming into effect, that's really our next focus. So, um, so define bill 23 for everybody who's not in Ontario. There's many factors to Bill 23, um, so I don't want anyone to jump down my throat well, right away. Just, and say just, just big broad things, strokes. Nobody's going to hold you to it. The part that we uh, like to focus on is three units as of right. So with Bill 23, uh, it's been declared that most residential properties will be three units as of right, meaning that zoning can't dictate you can't have three units on a property. So um, that's fantastic. There's other limitations. Um, you know, you still have to look at conservation, floodplain, parking, lots of other things and other bylaws. But in theory, zoning can't preclude you from doing three units, which was the biggest limiting factor for us to do triplexes, top ups, additions and garden suites before. So that's the next step is to now either intensify what you have or now do a purchase and convert from one to three, two to three, whatever that looks like based on what you can do with that law. Well, maybe, maybe walk us through an example of one of your properties in your portfolio that you've either done this with mm -hmm. or are yeah, let's take a look at one that you've done this with and maybe just yeah. give us a picture of what did the property look like originally when you purchased it? Yep. Um, then what did you do with it? And what, what are the different options for adding that third unit yeah. to a so, like so for the one we're, we're going to be doing it on, it's not done yet. We've done a site plan and, and things like that. We purchased it back in 2017, actually when the market was high again, right before a big dip in Ontario. Um, we purchased it. It had an illegal basement unit in it. We legalized that basement unit. Probably cost us about $15,000 to legalize it. We did not it bad. quite efficiently. Oh, it wasn't yeah, bad at all. Bad Much at all. harder to do that today. Yeah. Um, back then, it was a little different. Um, so we legalized that. It's a legal three-unit up, two-unit basement and it's on a corner lot. Uh, the benefit of a corner lot is we can create more parking because we have two streets to bring in driveways mm -hmm. from. So this one particularly had the house at the front of the property um, and that side back area has lots of room and quite a big yard. So what we'll be doing is putting in about a 650 square foot footprint home that is a, a main floor unit with um, a full basement below. So it'll be a three bedroom, essentially about 1300 square feet of living space wow. uh, unit that should rent for 27 to $3,000 a month. Wow. Very nice. Yeah. That, that yeah. makes a huge difference. What's, what's your best guess at what that's going to cost you to put in? So one of our clients is actively a builder and has built a number of these yeah. for themselves already. So, so they're kind of uh, they're kind of cookie cutter. Um, yeah, they, they have a basic model. They can venture from that if they want to. Um, yeah. They actually just got their builder's licenses to do it for other people now. So mm -hmm. we're looking at the low 300s to get it done. So what I look at that as, and, and if you're familiar with it too, is the old 1% rule we used to all mm -hmm. talk about back in the day when, when something like that was achievable. So if I can build it for around 300 and charge 3000 in rent, um, that's a, that's a pretty that's good investment. That's the 1% yeah. rule. 
we won't hit it quite, but but it'll come a lot closer. And I do think the style of the garden suite is it, the tenant profile that you're going to get is is fantastic as well. It's somebody who's going to get a detached house with no one living above them, beside them, below them. Uh -huh. um, so we're really looking at that. And we, I do have um, an interest in just creating more housing um, if we can for people. Almost oh, definitely. There's a there's a crying need for it. That's for sure. So twenty seven hundred bucks a month, give or take rent for that one. How does that compare to the two units that exist on the property already? Yeah, so we aren't having we don't have market rents in them currently because we've had tenants there for some time now. Yeah. Um, right now, the upper unit pays uh, twenty two hundred, and we could probably get twenty three hundred for the upper unit. And then the lower unit is very much underpaying because they've been a long time there, and they're paying fifteen hundred uh, for their two bedroom unit, and they should probably be paying about eighteen fifty for their lower okay. unit. That lower unit needs a bit of renovation when we have a turnover anyways, but um, we have fabulous tenants and truth be told, we haven't refinanced it for a while. So it still cash flows pretty nicely. Nice, 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 nice. So Anita, I was looking through the information you sent in ahead of time and it was very, very complete because you are a studious kind of person. And and it, it just really pops out to me that uh, you're very, very financially literate. Like you guys are doing lots of different, very smart things. And I just kind of, and, and you're talking about wanting to retire fairly soon, like within mm -hmm. the next few years kind of thing. Question number one is, what does retirement mean to Anita? That's my first question. Then remind me to ask the second one. <laughs> sure. Uh yeah. Retirement for us, honestly, uh, you can probably tell from what I sent in about my bio retirement doesn't mean I can sit around and lounge around. I'm really not good at that at all. Yeah. Um, so it means working as much or as little as I feel like I'd like to for, mm -hmm. for us, we will, the first thing we'll do is take a one year sabbatical with our children who are seven and two now, and we're going to move to uh, Thailand for the first year. That's just a bucket list item nice. for us. And that's yeah. one of the reasons we reverse engineered this life that we have. And from there, uh, I think it means traveling four months out of every year, if we can, um, being back in Ontario those other months to probably manage businesses a little bit. Um, we're, you know, we're trying to scale everything so we can manage things from afar. And uh, just spending time with our kids before they're so old, they don't want to spend time with us anymore. For yeah. me, it'll mean, um, you know, getting into sports a little bit more again, and probably art a fair bit. And and for my husband, uh, he'll he'll be day trading probably um, just on the side, just because he Very loves nice. it. Yeah, no, it sounds like you've got a. Are you a vision board person? Do you have a vision board up there with all sorts of great I stuff? I don't, I don't actually yeah. have a vision board. Um, well, it sounds like you got it pretty dialed in here. You've got a very, very I have quarterly and yearly goals and, yeah. and all the rest. And, and we've, we've essentially reverse engineered everything based yeah. on our goals. What do we need to do? And we love when we do things that that timelines here, but we bring it closer and closer and closer and closer but covid made us acutely aware that you do need more money than you think to retire as well you still need multiple streams of income even in retirement um so that's the biggest thing we've always been cognizant of and, and planning for as well so when it comes to your real estate portfolio right now you've got eight properties 16 rental units yeah um how many of those do you like if you hold on to all of those how many of those properties do you want to and do you think you'll be able to add in a, a third unit too. So right now we've got three of the eight. I think we should be able to add a third unit into one okay. is, is confirmed. We've done the background on that. So we'd probably every other year kind of add a third unit, a third unit, a third unit. Yeah. Um, maybe we refinance, maybe we don't. We'll see. We've been keen to keep 
good HELOCs on our properties as we've grown as well. Um, yeah, but we'll hold. Uh, the plan has always been to hold. We've set up our corporation such that everything goes to our children um, if and when that's meant to happen. And we've also even set up life insurance to pay our capital gains if and when that comes to happen. Because I don't want my children to have to sell off two or three properties to keep the other five. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very cool. So long-term is the idea to well, maybe even not so long term is the is the idea to create as much equity as possible in these properties, pay them down, pay them off. If so, what's kind of your if you could wave that realistic magic wand, what would that look like for you? So for us, we'll probably have a few properties paid off just for the assurances of that. As we know, in Ontario, the board, if someone's not paying, it's hard to get them out. So we want to have some assurances that we're not leveraged very much when we're at the retirement stage. Um, being leveraged heavily at first obviously didn't scare us at all. But but as we get into retirement, we don't want to be heavily leveraged. Um, and having nice hefty HELOCs on the property so we have access to cash that way um, because we are trading as well. So there's opportunity within the stock markets there. Um, and then, uh, you know, We'll have dividends from this business. Um, we have uh, right, which, which business? Doors to Wealth. So this is a group that I own and, and run with multiple agents. Like so your, real, your, your, your realtor business. You mean. My team. Yeah, my realtor yeah. team. So we'll, we'll have it. that um, as, as an income as well. We've got a couple of properties that are sitting about 100K in their mortgages. So those will be easy to pay down and just yeah. have that sitting there for us. Um, we've got whole life insurance in case we ever need to borrow against that policy if we have a bad year. Um, and then we'll do private lending most likely as well um, as another source of income, just to sort of keep ourselves covered and keep ourselves diversified how we can. And like I said, with multiple sources. Yeah. Now, one last thing as we're wrapping up the conversation, because when I was taking a look through some of the information you sent and checking out your, your realtor business, I really liked it because it seems like you're really focusing on working with new and upcoming and experienced real estate investors. Is, is that a fair assumption? We run the gamut. Yeah. I yeah. mean, we, we have clients who have 20 properties. We have clients who are builders, um, but we also have a lot of newbies. And, and the reason for that is honestly, because I'm just passionate that more people need to do this while they, it's still able to be done because I don't mm -hmm. think it always will be able to be done. It's becoming more and more unaffordable all the time. And I, I just think there's enough for everybody. And I think we really, we want to see people just gain a better future through equity. And sometimes that's just somebody buying a primary residence with, with an accessory unit in it so that they can get the income from that unit. It can be really simple. It can be really high level. It, it doesn't matter. It's just our, our passion. Everyone on the team, we're six agents. They all own investment properties, every mm -hmm. one of them, because yeah. that's our passion is to just change people's lives through equity. So um, that's the goal. I like that. Change lives through equity. Perfect. All right. Well, hey, Anita, time flies. If people yeah. would like to get more things, all Anita Bongers Lewis, where can they go? What can they do? What should they do? Yeah, if they look me up on Facebook or Instagram, Anita Bongers Lewis, they'll find me pretty quickly there. Doors to Wealth also has its own presence there. Um, or email me directly, Anita at doors to wealth.com. That works great as well. Happy to, to set up a consult with anybody who just wants to learn a little bit more about the areas we service or even more about what we chose to do. It might be a fit, might not be a fit. Um, it's different for everybody. You know what, Anita, I, I love all the different things that you're doing, how organized you guys are. 
well, I'll say you, I haven't, I haven't had the pleasure of meeting your husband, but I know you are a very organized person and how focused you are and how clear your goals are. I mean, that's, it's been a challenge for me personally throughout my life is the shiny object syndrome and this and that and the other thing. It sounds like you guys, literally, everybody talks about reverse engineering things, but you guys actually are doing that. So hats off to you for that. And I'm, I'm just going to recommend there's a book in there because what you guys yeah. are doing, what you're doing is outstanding. And, and I think a lot of people would get massive value from learning your, your philosophy and your, your step-by-step steps. Cause you guys have done this yep. at the time that we're recording this, it's uh you know, August, 2023. So less than 10 years, yeah. you've done some pretty amazing things. Yeah. And, and maybe that's what retirement will be writing, writing a book. And there you, you asked as well about working with your spouse um, as well. Yeah. And ultimately our goals are aligned. It's the only way it makes yeah. it work, right? We're, we're always looking at the same goal. And truthfully, right now I'm not in my home. I'm in my office, which is located away from the home. My husband's office is in our home. And there's a reason for that. We, <laughs> we need to be apart certain aspects of the day because we're, we're going to be together. The other aspects, we work well together, but we need that separate. You need your space. Oh, yeah. very, very well said. Anita, yeah. it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks so much, Dave. All right, everybody take care and see you on the next episode.